All right. What is the most crucial instrument in the musical score for you, especially when it comes to horror? Foster, go. Oh, man. Uh, uh, overall, piano. piano. Horror movies, oh. weird, undetermined noise that you can't even decide <laughs> what they are. <laughs> Rowan, go. Uh, piano, too, but also uh, strings, especially a violin or a cello. Mike? I mean, special guest that we totally haven't announced yet. Um, synth- <laughs> I'm going to kind of cheat and say synthesizer, kind of piano adjacent, Interesting. at least. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so 80s of you. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to go the vagueness of strings, but more specifically uh, cello and uh, violin. I, I, There's just so much that can be done there. Although, yeah, traditionally piano is probably going to give you the most range of opportunity. But with that said, hello and welcome everyone to Franchise Paradiso. This is a podcast for lovers of film franchises because, yeah, while we might all want more original content from Hollywood and their studios, we don't always get what we want. So we have to enjoy what we can get and revel in the entertainment that's provided to us. And so that's what we like to do is indulge in uh, all these franchises that we love so much. My name is Heath Lynch and I am here with Foster Harlfinger. Hey, everyone. And Rowan Wood. Yo, what's up, guys? And <laughs> never doing that here... again. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here with another episode in our horror season of Franchise Paradiso, discussing best musical scores with our very special guest, who I totally didn't obviously mention earlier by mistake, Mr. Mike Hilty. Woo! Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. I feel special still, even though you <laughs> let it out of the bag a little early. It's all good. I totally did not do that. I don't know what yeah, you're he, referring to, but yes, we'll Mike, let this one slide. <laughs> <laughs> you should feel special. Thank you so much for being here today with us to talk about this. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, kind of what got you into movies and uh, and what you love in particular about horror and horror scores that wanted to bring you onto this episode. Sure. So I have been a big movie fan for as long as I can remember. I, you know, my dad really instilled that in me when I was young, even taking me to movies that I had no business going to see when I was, when I was younger. Like one of my first, like first or not like the exact first, but one of the ones that I remember the most is that he took me to go see Leprechaun when I was really young. <laughs> um, That's awesome. That, uh, yeah, that that messed me up pretty good. But at the same time, you know, as a five year old, I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting. This is fun." Who knew that leprechauns could be could be deadly? So that it, it's just something that I've always grown up with. It, it didn't really become like a true passion until high school, when I could go to movies on my own and just kind of talk about it with friends, just on a more vis- visceral level, as opposed to just talking about it. You know, did you like it? Yep. Okay, cool. That's the end of the conversation there. Just when I got into high school, it just became, you know, how did it make you feel? What are the moments that you'll remember? Then I took a film and lit class in high school and subsequently in college as well. And now I write about it. I It's weird. I do more TV stuff now, which, you know, we, we all write for the same site. So I, and I do predominantly TV. So it's always fun when I get to talk about movies and Horror is a genre that I'm kind of not like completely blind on, but it's not my first choice, but it's still something that like any chance that I can get to at least brush up on horror genre 
I, I will take the opportunity to do that, even though it's not really my first choice. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. And particularly with, with movie scores, because with horror, I feel like the horror genre has kind of an interesting relationship with, with movie score or with uh, music, because it can really make or break your movie with, with a proper score, because it not only creates tension, it just, if it frightens you as well, it's doing its job. And mm -hmm. whenever you listen to it, if it gives you the chills, then you know that that score has done its job. And if you, if it's something that it can definitely harness that kind of visceral fear in you, then that's something that I'm just going to remember even more. And it's just going to terrify me just as much. So I was really excited when you asked me to, when you all asked me to come on and talk about this and I'm really excited to get into it. Nice. Well, again, awesome. Uh, we love having you here. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And I know I'm definitely excited to talk about it as well. Yeah, I think this is a perfect topic too for someone like you say who's not necessarily a huge horror guy because anyone can listen to music. So it's a great topic, uh, I think. Uh, well, especially because, like you said, it, horror itself as a genre with music, it, you can experience so much of that fear and dread just in the music itself. And it sets so much of the tone that, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it really is universal in that regard. Yeah, definitely. With that said, it is time for some quick plugs. You can find me uh, mostly at Letterboxd, but also on Twitter at FOSTH101. Rowan, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram or Letterboxd at Rowanaboat. That's Rowan.a.boat or on Twitter, not X, at uh, Bits of Joel. Uh, and uh, I have too many other endeavors. Uh, today, I will shout out uh, TheLenientCritic.com, where I write about movies. As of recording, I have been slacking quite a bit on that, mm -hmm. uh, but I do plan to get into it uh, again once we uh, once I go back to school, which I think when this episode comes out will have already happened, and I will be pretty much into senior year, which is scary. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, can, uh, <laughs> you can find me at all those places uh, and also TheLenientCritic.com. Heath? You can find me on Letterboxd at the one Heath Bar or search Heath Lynch. Either one should be able to find me most readily. Yeah, and I, I should also say we all write for SifPop.com, which is how we know yep. Mike. Uh, so definitely check out all our articles there. And Mike, finish us off. Where can people find you? Uh, you could follow me on uh, Instagram or threads, I guess. Uh, MLHilty2452. <laughs> Or Hilti underscore Mike on Twitter. Yeah, I refuse X yeah. as well. I fully support <laughs> It'll always be Twitter. That. Yeah, it would always be Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, as we have sort of discussed so far, we are here to talk about uh, movie scores, uh, specifically within the horror genre. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, uh, the minutia of the topic, as some might say, uh, let's set some guidelines, some parameters as to what horror, uh, like musical score, actually means to us within the horror genre. I feel like this is one of our more straightforward, like definitions, uh, in terms of episodes uh, we've done so far. But uh, what are you guys thinking about this? Maybe the only thing that's up in the air for me is: Are you all counting songs when you think about your rankings? Like, for instance, like the one, two, Freddy's coming for you, a nightmare, or a particular song that might make an appearance in dream warriors for instance <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm doing it purely by instrumental score like i feel okay. like the 
I, see, I don't think there's enough for us to do a whole episode about it, but I would loop those other um, things into a soundtrack category because too, I, 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 I think they are different enough. Um, like as much as I love Friday the 13th, uh, Jason takes Manhattan and, and Jason, I think it's maybe Jason lives um, have just absolute banger uh, theme songs. Um, I don't remember if it's Jason lives. It's the song is called his eyes and it's great. But anyway, uh, um, but, 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 but those would be soundtrack for me. Not, not score. I, I agree. It's, it's, I'm not drawing like a hard line at no vocals. Cause that's not necessarily accurate. Cause you can have like chanting or, or Coral something that can be a lit, part yeah. of a or score. Exactly. Um, but traditional lyrical things like that. I, I, I'm not considering that is a soundtrack choice to me, not a score. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm Definitely. looking at uh, instrumental score, musical score. Foster, good pull with the Nightmare on Elm Street 3, specifically the Dream Warriors <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I'll give you nice. credit for that, but yeah, I kind of <laughs> I, I tend to agree with, with everyone else. I kind of had to draw a line like when lyrics started to come up, and yeah, if as if, much as I love Freddy's nursery, li- nursery rhyme, and I love it, I don't think it is part of this conversation. All right, should we, uh, should we just jump right in and uh, start nominating some picks um i will start us off uh i am going to go um oh man should see should i start at the top or should i go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pick from the middle here um and uh be uh and pick the dark horse here and that is prey uh the, nice. the predator prequel film i love this score uh i i um so i know for a fact that foster and i i don't know heath and mike if you guys do this too but i know for a fact foster and i listen to movie scores pretty regularly uh in our i, in I our have a lives. movie score playlist as well that I, that's pretty yeah. much all i listen to at work all day yep i i don't know if my coworkers like it anymore but i don't <laughs> really care either yeah <laughs> that's right yeah that's right yeah it doesn't matter if they like it or not exactly as long as you do right yeah um, but, uh, prey, um, most of the prey score is a pretty new addition to my, um, playlist, but it's, 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 it, it captures the majesty, um, and the, like, and the regalness of the location, which are, which just looks stunning. It, it captures that perfectly in, um, like musically. And uh, every character has a very specific theme. I love the way that they weave action elements uh, and 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 native um, specific instruments in as well. Uh, it it's it's just a perfect um, score for uh, this sort of like horror period piece uh, mashup. Um, that's my that's actually my number four. So that's pretty high up for me. I don't expect it to get very high in our ranking, uh, but uh, but it's it's definitely higher up for me. It is one of my favorites. I don't even know this score to be honest with you. I'm God, have it's to listen so to this good. Look up um uh uh Brave Girl is is probably my favorite track. Uh I know I'm such a nerd. Uh but hey, we all are. Uh and I I I, I just listen to that one on repeat sometimes. Do they use the original about. Predator theme from like 87 and on all the others in I, Prey? I don't remember if they do I or not. Cuz I actually love the original Predator yeah. theme as well. So just Predator in general cuz I I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but are we talking? I'm not talking individual movies here. I'm talking like the franchise score, right? And in which case, where I would think we would call this the Predator, the Predator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, if we, we can loop it in like with, with the an other emphasis on the part of, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I also want to be shouting out composers as I go along with my picks. This is uh, Sarah Schachner um, doing this. Uh, relative uh, relative newcomer uh, composer, and I think she kills it. Are we getting all fancy with composers? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who else has got a nomination? What do we got? I, I got one. Um, so I'm from the Chicagoland area, and... Yeah, there's, I know where this is going. <laughs> there's nothing nothing more terrifying to me, especially growing up, than the Candyman. Yeah, yes. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, you know, just for for just again being being from Chicago and that take taking place in Cabrini Green, which that's that community is kind of the stuff of legend now. It's gone now because it's you know, it was a crap hole, but at the same time. It was still something that just it gives me shivers just thinking about it. Just how, you know, it's it sounds creepy, which exactly what you want from from a score, but also it just it just made me feel like uneasy. And that was something that, you know, that was the one of the main criteria that I was looking for when it came to the the scores that I was looking up. So um Candyman, you know definitely wanted to throw that out yeah philip glass yeah, that's man, definitely just... high up there for me as well yeah same uh specifically yeah. the the music box theme on the mm-hmm. piano uh, mm-hmm. i think that one's beautiful and i'm speaking of the original uh the philip glass mm-hmm. score yeah. uh from 92 it was always um, you helen uh, it's, yeah. it's terrific stuff but i also want to throw a shout out uh, I actually really love uh, from the 21 remake uh, the score by Robert uh, Ike and uh, mm-hmm. Aubrey Lowe. A, sp- mm-hmm. a track in particular called The Suite. It's the one that they use for the opening credits when they're scanning over the city of Chicago and doing the bird's eye view of all the skyscrapers. That thing is infectious and just gets in my head and puts me at such unease. Uh, I love it. So uh, Candyman is definitely up there for me. Yeah. Um, and they uh, they update the original um, music box theme in the new one for a track called Troy Story, uh, which is just a beautiful uh, reimagining of the original theme. One fun fact from IMDb trivia: I was just looking it up as you all were talking. So when, this is Philip Glass, which is kind of an odd pairing for what's otherwise a, a fairly typical horror movie, even though I love it. Uh, so apparently when Philip Glass came on to do the score, he was under the impression that it was more of like an art film, like a higher level, like drama <laughs> than what it was. And then when it turns out to be like, I don't want I don't, not to degrade it, but like just another horror movie. Um, I I mean, in his eyes, just another yeah, horror movie. In right, his yeah. eyes, uh, w- when you pair his score with that movie, I, it elevates it so much for me. So before yeah. we did this podcast, I know to Heath and Rowan, I said, I think I only mentioned one movie that I said you two have to watch, and that was Candyman, and that I was going to be lobbying for it hard in a couple categories. This is one of them. This was my number yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, I love this score. Yeah. Um, this is top five for me. This is going to be up there for sure. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Foster, do you have one you want to nominate? Yeah, maybe let's go like back to the beginning. Uh, one that makes my list because it's great, but it's also iconic, and that's the Psycho score. Yeah. Yes. Um, everybody, yes. everybody knows the strings like in the shower and everything but like even when she's driving in the rain like the music is fantastic and it's a little bit catchier than people give it credit for um and it's throughout the whole movie like it's just consistent front to back lots of music really great makes the movie what it is in a lot of ways but 
I also think another strong argument for why this deserves a pretty high spot on our list is that the score for the sequels, in particular Psycho 2, are also pretty good. Jerry Goldsmith did the music for Psycho mm-hmm. 2, and he's going to pop up a couple times, at least on my list. Um, and yeah, I think... I think Bernard Herman did the original Psycho, just to yeah, throw yeah, that yeah. name out there as well. Yeah, yeah. so I think longevity and, and consistency uh, within the franchise is going to be something we talk about too, like how the score evolves as it goes on, so... I think that's a, a point. I'll for give the game. game away a little bit for uh, how I rank these when we get to the ranking part. But for me, as I've done in a lot of these categories, a lot of these episodes, iconography is important. And and does it transcend? And the the shower scene in particular, the strings, there will be people that have never seen Psycho that know that sound effect. It's almost a sound effect at that point, at this I, point um, which is so I'm, weird because it's been used in so many other movies and parodies and all these things that you don't even sometimes think of it as an original score, but it it was in psycho. And that's just how I legendary and iconic that, that violin shriek Mm. is. And I, you, it's so legendary. You can't get it out of your head. And I, I couldn't imagine that scene or that movie without that score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I uh, on on that note, this is this is a teeny tiny story. Um, but Davis, my partner in life and podcasts, um, recorded a <laughs> video uh, one night, um, like last year when we were still like like very early on in, in our relationship, and she recorded it so she wouldn't uh, forget to ask me this in the morning. But the video was her going, "Ask Rowan." what like like what like what is what movie is this from and then she pushes her her phone in three times it goes what is that from so it's like it's (laughs) i just think that's a testament to how iconic it is like davis doesn't like horror movies at all and yet and yet this you know this of course has bled through into the like into the pop culture it is in the pop culture zeitgeist i don't i don't know anyone that hasn't heard that that string progression right uh, you know like it uh, it's just ubiquitous at this point mm-hmm. i have i have a six-year-old daughter and she heard it from <laughs> an episode of the simpsons yeah i was watching yeah. and she was just like what's what was that noise i'm like you'll exactly find out soon enough no worries <laughs> about that but yeah it's it's scared it scared the crap out of her and she was like no 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 i, I don't want to listen to this so it did its job <laughs> yeah but, yeah no, the um, you're you're totally right about how it's just it transcends horror. It transcends you know just film in general. Like I've got a lot of friends who they're not into film or anything media related. They know that sound because they just because it's just transcended that far into the pop culture zeitgeist. I'm gonna list another one that is transcended. I'm gonna nominate Jaws by yep. the theme from the legendary iconic yeah. master John <laughs> Williams. Uh I has anything more eerily ever been done with two notes that are just a half step apart? I I just incredible. I I, I don't know of any horror franchise that's had its music parodied more than Jaws. And that like, it's just, it's perfect. And, and it's so much more than that. Like that's the iconic notes that you remember. Like the, you, you see the, you know, the, the shark's eye view camera, you know, uh, going through the water, uh, through the seaweed or whatever. Um, But 
the rest of the score is actually really provocative and moving as well. We're like when they're on the trio is on the the boat at the end, they're drinking and getting to know each other or, or it's starting to other parts of the film where it's, it's getting climactic and anxiety driven as a shark attack is act, actually happening. There's, there's a lot of depth and range to what Williams is accomplishing there. And uh, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't include jaws in on this list. Absolutely wholeheartedly agree um i am going to uh shout out silence of the lambs here uh this is howard shore's theme um i haven't seen any of the sequels um or or prequels or anything else so i cannot speak to those maybe maybe some of you can um but the first silence of the lambs i mean howard shore is in my opinion one of the greatest living composers look no further than the lord of the rings and the hobbit um but, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, of course, more. Uh, but his Silence of the Lamb <laughs> score is eerie and it 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 gels with the atmosphere of every scene like pretty perfectly, which I think is a is is a through line for a lot of these um on our on our collective lists. Um, but especially in, Oh man, it it has been a while since I've seen uh, the movie. But anytime Hannibal Lecter uh, is on screen, which in Silence of the Lambs is not a ton of the time, um, he like the music, even if it's like in the deep background, j- just is 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 letting us know exactly how we should be feeling. That and like Hopkins' performance are the two biggest things that are letting us know like this is this is the character. This is how we should be feeling about him at this particular moment. Um, and yeah, I think. This was Oscar nominated. It 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 may have even won, um, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna double it. check that real quick. Uh, looks like we're all double checking. Think it won. Damn. Oh, it it wasn't even nominated. It, it looks like. Well, that's disappointing. Nope. It was nominated for sound. Um, it was not even nominated for score. What a shame! What a shame! They messed up. You mean what and... a sham? Uh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> zinger one one thing i gotta say is uh, i don't remember really the scores at all from hannibal or red dragon but hannibal is done by hans zimmer and red dragon is done by danny elfman so wow. what a trio of composers um, i um, do remember the hannibal score because uh once again is my i'm gonna i'm gonna say this i like zimmer a lot but it is widely known that he likes to copy himself uh, he takes very True. similar chord progressions, note progressions uh, on different instrumental through lines and replicates them. The most famous is the the opening battle scene in Gladiator, which he used to become the he's a pirate main theme from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's probably the one he's most known for. Um, but he does it here with Hannibal as well. Uh, he takes the main theme in Hannibal. He later repurposes it and is almost exactly the Joker's theme from the dark night um in 2008 so uh if you can remember the it's the theme that they play in the opening bank heist of the dark night it's it's not exactly that again because he changes it slightly to not <laughs> copyright himself but <laughs> it's very much similar in in tone to that i i feel like i've been i've i've, I've gone so someone else should go even though i have a lot more to Shout out. I feel like we I mean, share a lot of the big ones. If I'm being okay, fine, Rowan, we'll get back to you. Gosh, <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll just rip the bandaid off a, a big one. That's going to be pretty high on my list that it's we've Hall- all been dancing around Halloween. I mean, yep. um, I, I worked at a six flags uh, for a couple summers and this was playing on repeat during fright fest. So this theme is like seared into my brain every Halloween. And 
I host trivia on Wednesday nights at a local oh, bar nice. and um, Halloween and like during like the week before Halloween, um, this is the only score that <laughs> I'm allowed to play because like <laughs> they just they, they just want me to play things like Monster Mash, things like that. So but they will allow this and, you know, just John Carpenter just doing it all for this, including including the music. Good. Good for him for that. But you know, just not not just the uh, the theme, but just you know, just everything in it. This is heavy on the the synthesizer, so um, it's it's one of those that you know it's it's lasted a really long time. And uh, you know, this is one also that this is one that my dad had the soundtrack for, and it's just kind of stuck with me for for a long time. And yeah, that's what, what more can I say about the Halloween soundtrack? Yeah, I it, when when we're talking iconic, there's there's a few that I I had in my head predisposed as the iconic has transcended the franchise or to mean something else, and that was Psycho, that was Jaws, and that was this uh, John Carpenter's score for Halloween. But what's interesting to me is whereas the others have kind of just become generic, like horror sound effects. Like again, people who are her fans are obviously going to know. Oh, this is from Psycho, or or this is from Jaws. But then you have people like Rowan indicated. Uh, Davis didn't know that that was from Psycho. Whereas I think the Halloween theme is ubiquitous with Halloween. Like not even just the movie franchise, which it is obviously, but like the season itself. Like it just comes alive. They play it at Fright Fest. They play it in Walmart. They play they play it everywhere. You can't escape it. I think Spotify has it as like the first track on their Halloween playlist every every season. Like this is just iconic. It is legendary in that regard. Uh, the simple chord progressions that he uses on the piano synthesizer it's it's great. It's memorable. I do like how the themes have evolved in the franchise throughout the years. You still get that uh, memorable piano line at some point as like kind of almost as a stinger. Uh, through a lot of the later films, but a lot of the films kind of reinvent himself. It reminds me of the James Bond franchise in a lot of ways, whereas the James Bond franchise has, has that iconic James Bond theme, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, but that's not always the the front and center in the later movies where they kind of let each composer uh, do their own thing while still sliding in that theme. And I think that's also kind of what makes Halloween so fun is that we still get that that motif that we're familiar with but we also get something fresh every movie that fits the vibe of that particular movie. Uh, the David Gordon Green trilogy in particular, I think, utilizes it really well. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree that Halloween needs to be here. Foster, so politely raising his hand. Foster, <laughs> I'm loving what, grace us with your presence. What, what, what do you have to say? Will do. Uh, I'm loving this raise hand feature uh, on Skype <laughs> and on Zoom. Uh, okay, this is my franchise. This is the one where I'm going to ramble for just a minute. I have to because this is Go. I'm going to give away my hand here. This is my number one. Uh, this was my number addition, one as well. In addition to the main theme, Lori's theme from the original is also awesome. And I guarantee yes. you, most of you know it. If you look it up, you're like, oh, yeah, I know this theme, too. Mm -hmm. So there's two great iconic themes from the original. And then like you were saying, Heath. The way that it evolves throughout the franchise, I think, is what sets this above and beyond all the other ones on my list for me personally. Uh, one sh weird shout out is Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, has two cuts. The first cut is <laughs> very bonkers and edited very strangely, and the music is not very well utilized. 
one of the many, many changes they make in the producer's cut is to bring back a lot of the John Carpenter themes. And it's uh, no coincidence that the movie plays a whole lot better because the music is so strong. So that's one one like clear indication of, yeah, the, the music makes the movie. Uh, and then the other thing I want to mention with the new ones, it's a, uh, who is it? It's Cody Carpenter also joins John Carpenter and yeah, Daniel and, uh, Davies. Daniel Davies. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say. So I love those three. Blasphemous as it may be to say, even more than the original. I listen to these three from especially Halloween kills and ends have a lot of cool tracks that people don't mention a lot and new themes. That's something that I don't hear people talk about really is that those, some of these are new themes. There's one called the shape hunts Allison in the 2018, which is awesome. and has these yeah. cool sound effects in them that I've just never heard anything like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It in, in um, Halloween kills the like Michael rampage type music. There's one called unkillable. That's a great track that kind of hypes you up. Maybe, maybe for the wrong reasons, I should question why a track about <laughs> <laughs> a murder hyping himself up gets me hyped, but whatever moving on. And then Halloween ends has one of the most incredible scores. I know people don't love this movie, but the people will realize in 20 years when it becomes a cult <laughs> classic that they were sorely mistaken upon release because this movie i kind of love and a large part of it is because of the music the song the procession that almost ends the movie as a uh, dead michael myers is being marched through the town this track is one of my favorite tracks honestly ever i listen to it like crazy and it's so like mythical it's like a legend has been born this track it's so cool and i would strongly encourage everybody listening to this to go look up that track because it's just awesome it's very synthy it evolved with the times that's my number one i will shut up now and someone else can can suggest another one to add to the list you foster you pretty much said everything that i was going to add uh how the the new trilogy just brings in a whole new angle to the music halloween kills there's a trank called uh, a trank a track called um frank and lori uh that is just such a th th that's in the hospital scene that one of many i guess i should say that is such a um such a departure from the regular music of the franchise but it's so it's so tender and so um and so sweet as well uh and 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 it it, it fits the scene very well um so i just wanted to shout that out and i will also shout out um the uh the soundtrack from saw uh i know everybody yeah. knows i know everybody knows hello zep that's the that's the one that ends literally every single movie um but uh Even i got to say movies don't earn that theme oh, oh my god oh, no absolutely not right. <laughs> <laughs> um the rest of it is like the rest of this it, it like it it contributes very well to the atmosphere which in most saw movies is like pretty like dark and grody and like kind of gross uh and 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 the music fits that very well this is uh charlie clauser who at least did the music for the first one i don't know ab about the other ones but i I'd, I'd say the first one has the strongest score and then the rest of the movies kind of at least the 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 next six um kind of kind of just borrow and sample a lot from the first movie um, but, you know, for, for a reason, it, it works very well and with the tone that they establish. I hate to say it, but this might be the one of the greatest examples of the scores just reduced to one track out of any that we might mention yeah, today. True. Because the rest of the score is fine. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's certainly not really elevating any kind of scene or any kind of particular emotion in the audience, or at least not for me. And none of them are really memorable, but hello Zep is like epic to me. Yeah. And maybe it's because it did come out, you know, in sequence with that first twist in that first movie. And so 
it just had that extra impact, that ex- that little bit of extra oomph that kicked you in the gut with the twist itself that just made it so memorable. And especially because they did use it in every subsequent film as the, oh, this is the big reveal. This is the twist. This is what's been going on all along, yada, yada. And again, yeah, some movies certainly don't earn it because it's almost to the point where the track itself becomes bigger than the moment. Like you you wait for that music. You you want to hear that. Um, so yeah, I, I think Hello Zep is just one of my favorite tracks. I re-listen to that one all the time um, and it absolutely has to be mentioned. But as much as I love it and I have this ranked really high, I will fully admit it's only because of that song and my memories when it comes to some of these twists. So I would, I'm already willing to concede later when we get to ranking that it might not necessarily have to rank high because we are pretty much only basing it off that one track, or at least right. I am. Yeah. I don't know how everyone else feels about that. All right. I got plenty more that I could talk about. Um, so speaking of synthesizers and things like that, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, submit Hellraiser as yeah, as well. that's I, up there I, for I, me too. I I really like uh, Christopher Young, uh, mm-hmm. the at least the one for the the original one. I don't know if he did all the subsequent sequels, requels, etc. But there's just a, something about this that just feels so 80s, and that's what I love about it so very much. Um, I love 80s scores. Exactly, exactly. How can you? How can you not? Right. So, so um, but yeah, just in terms of just pairing, you know, like a great score with like an even just creeper atmosphere, these, these two just fit in so well together. Um, and when, when we, I first started thinking about scores, this was like the first one that I, that I thought of just off the top of my head. So, you know, just, yeah. So Hellraiser definitely Definitely up there for me. Definitely one that I enjoy a lot. So, yep. yeah, me as well. Foster, you were going to say one? Yeah, I'm going to shout out the Child's Play franchise, which I think nice. has a lot of really nice. cool themes. Uh, I especially love the score for the remake, which is yeah. actually my least favorite Child's Play movie because I'm a huge fan of the franchise. and That one's just such a departure. But Bear McCreary is just awesome my and man. is one of my favorite composers, honestly, today. And I mean, he uses a lot of the original themes in his score, too. But I'm just going to shout out the original Child's Play theme. I don't even know these guys' names off the top of my head. I had to look them up, to be honest with you. But the first one was done by Joe Renzetti. The second was by Graham Revel. So those two, I think, originated a lot of these themes. But also in the Bear McCreary track, there's the Birth of Chucky theme is really awesome. And then just his main theme, which also at a certain point has Mark Hamill's voice coming in as Chucky to do some stuff, which is kind of fun. And the TV show has a great little jingle too that i that always gets in my head every time i'm watching that show and it's just a really consistent like throughout the franchise i just always enjoy that music again especially especially the bear mccreary score so that's a huge shout out for me and i had it uh i had it at number three actually because of how much i love that one nice nice all Um, right i've got one that i want to mention and that's charles bernstein's score from a nightmare on elm street yep it's really interesting at least this one to me uh i think this one works because i think it's one of the more subtle ones it's one of the scores that it doesn't really hit you the first viewing but if you re-watch the film or if you listen to the score separately there's a lot of nuance in what uh bernstein is accomplishing here it, it he accurately captures what it's like to be caught in like a dingy alley with freddie like in that opening sequence with tina but also captures the ethereal nature of this is a dream 
and it's not real. And you, you almost feel like I have no other way to describe it other than I'm floating. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even feel like it's like an out of body ethereal. I'm floating in space and time experience where I don't even know where I am, but it just, everything feels unsettling. And that surrounding enveloping sense of unease that his score creates, I really think not only works great as a horror score, but certainly works great as a score for a nightmare on Elm street. Uh, which plays with the dream realm and reality and the differences between such places uh, throughout the films. I I really love this score. uh, And I think it's some tremendous work from Bernstein. I um, will um, talk about the, uh, the score from it uh, specifically uh, the uh, newer um, Annie Muschietti ones. Uh, The score Mm -hmm. is done by Benjamin Walfish, who's uh, who's sort of, sort of a, uh, Muschietti slash Warner Brothers uh, mainstay. Um, the music is the first thing we hear uh, in the first. It like it's the first thing we hear or or see. It's it's like it's our first exposure in the first it from 2017, um, and it comes in with this incredibly ethereal and creepy um chorus uh like children's chorus, which is something that we hear a lot in in horror movies, but it like it means something different with this one because it is about kids. It's about the victimization of children. Um, and, uh, and it continues to be sort of an emotional anchor throughout the movie. Like it's, I feel like a lot more care went into the music here than it does with a lot of, um, horror movies, uh, in general, um, especially like every, character well okay maybe not every character but like pennywise has like a very specific theme and sometimes like the music adds and feeds into like um the uh the overwhelming nature of a certain scene like when pennywise is threatening uh eddie by the fence uh of of of, of the house or when ben is being chased um, by the the headless boy uh, in the basement of the library, the music is just like in addition to the visual sort of like assaulting your senses. The music just keeps on building like with the voices and like it feels like you're being attacked from every angle, like the characters feel. Um, and and that to me is just a real feat of um of like audio of, of both audio engineering and like musical prowess. The every twenty seven years track I listen to a ton. Yeah, it's me so too. good. Yeah. Also, what it, I don't, this might be sound effects more than score, but that like siren sound whir, 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 that plays in yeah. the trailer a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I watched that trailer like 500 times before the movie came out. Yeah, <laughs> so I have that burned in my head. <laughs> yeah. Anyone got uh, any others? Yeah, I can shout out one. This is a it's one that doesn't really have many hummable themes, but I love the scream score. Yes. Uh, it's, Marco Beltrami, uh, Marco baby. Yeah. Who's. I don't I honestly don't love a lot of scores from him. I don't like, like most of the time it's just like pretty standard fare aside from a couple like Logan is a great score. But like this one just to me has a distinct sound more so than memorable themes. Like it sounds very much like if you know Moby, it sounds like that kind of stuff. And they even <laughs> use one of those tracks at the at the end of the first scream, right? It's just it's just this sort of early 2000s, late 90s, like every movie had that kind of sound and like makes me think of The Matrix too. Like it's hard to hard to put to words. But then also I really love, I, I want to say this is the theme for Gale and Dewey, but it, I, I think I hummed it on another episode because I love it. It goes dun, 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 dun. 
dun 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 and every time i hear that i'm just like taken back and i'm like oh i love this series and so much of it has to do with the soundscape and so mm-hmm. that's one that i had on my list and want to shout out even though it's not necessarily one that's gonna you know jump to most people's top of their lists when they think of best scores ever if this was for a soundtrack i would definitely throw scream on there i'd like it even made the first iteration of my top 10 list uh just you know foster for kind of the same sound that you were talking about but it just i i remember the scream soundtrack more for the songs that they put on and um you know if it i i didn't feel like it's missing like theme music or anything like that or like a score because it's still it still manages to do its job which is scare the living crap out of people but um yeah this one i kind of wrestled with a little bit it's kind of in my honorable mentions but yeah i agree Foster, it's definitely worth mentioning. Definitely. Heath, you got another one? Uh, yes, I'll get to one. But speaking of soundtracks, if we were doing soundtracks, the Freddy versus Jason mid 2000s new metal soundtrack. Yeah, yes, that thing absolutely. Is fire. I don't yes. care what anyone says. That is so fun. Um, uh, if we were ever to do a soundtracks, I would lobby hard for that one. Uh, <laughs> but one I did want to mention. Uh, and this is going to be interesting because this is, I very specifically phrased this and I, I don't know if you guys are all going to be on board. So you might have to veto me. I, I wanted this phrased as musical score, not necessarily original. Uh, I'm going with the exorcist, which is largely yeah composed of classical music, but it is utilized in such a way to create such a tone and atmosphere. And there are original passages in between by uh jack nietzsche nietzsche uh but they're more like ambiance they're the very subtle in in terms of the, the actual musical composition itself they're more connective tissues to the originals uh to the classical composition music uh but the way it's it sets a tone and it gives uh, the experiences of that film especially the first exorcist it makes you feel like there is an ancient force that this, this demonic presence has come from beyond biblical times to come and torment this soul. And it just adds so much to the vibe of the film. Uh, so I really wanted to mention the exorcist as a potential option. I put yeah. it on my list with a question mark. Cause I kind of had similar thoughts to that, but it still doesn't change the fact that this score is terrifying to me because yeah. for a while the exorcist was the scariest movie that i'd ever seen but then again that's when i was like eight or nine when i saw it now watching it it's still scary it just doesn't have the same effect but yeah i quick quick story about this one um when i lived in california i went to the hollywood bowl to see you know classic horror um classic horror scores uh that just everybody that everybody would know and this was one of them and this is the only one that made like made a kid cry as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, like, wow. Okay. Like, the, okay, this is, this is the one. So um, yeah, this, I, I definitely would have lobbied to at least mention at minimum the exorcist mm-hmm. theme. For me, it's yeah. that just that tubular bells theme. Yeah. I, love so much. I, was about to say tubular yeah. Bells. I am a sucker really for good. tubular bells. 
and I, to, I mean, you, you were talking about how scary it is to me, to be honest. I don't even find the mu- that music at least all that scary. I think it's kind of a bop. <laughs> like <laughs> every time it comes on in the movie, I'm just bobbing my head along to it. And also there's the new trailer for the David Gordon Green Exorcist, which we'll see how that goes. TBD. But they play with the theme in an interesting way. They kind of hint at it until the mm. final moment of the trailer when the theme finally comes in full force. So, like, clearly has some staying power. So I had that on mm. my list, too. So that's a good call, I think. Nice, uh, nice. Maybe since I'm talking, I'll just shout out my next one on my list. And that's The Omen, which is Jerry Goldsmith. That was going to which... be my next one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mine, this mine is, too. This is one that's... I find genuinely scary the score. Like I listen to it and I feel like I'm breaking the rules. Like I'm doing something bad. And I think that's the sign of like a really effective horror score. Basically the, the reason why this makes the list is for one track. That's based. It's called Ave Satani, which basically means hail Satan, which is like the scariest track I've ever heard in my life because, (laughs) uh, man, it's so creepy. It's basically like a demonic hymn. It's like so unsettling and so perfect for this movie. And once again, Jerry Goldsmith coming in, uh, and I don't think the last time we'll mention him either. He's got to be like the unsung, like music horror MVP of our episode today, I think. Um, Yeah, but that one definitely made my list. Yeah, as much as I have problems with uh, the Omen in the franchise, I do. Foster's giving me a visceral reaction. Uh, I have issues with the, the, the films and how they're constructed. Uh, the score is not one of them. I think the score here is fantastic and absolutely I, I had it on my top ten. I mean that I yeah, I, I agree with everyone said like the first thing I thought because um Foster had kind of mentioned that a little while ago when we were talking about, you know, different ones that we wanted to shout out. But I the first thing that I thought of was when South Park kind of did a spoof of <laughs> of that and um it, it was still scary, you know, in South Park's, you know, weird way, because they had an episode where Damien was a student there. So it was, you know, just a fun way to just pay homage to to it. And I read an interview that they said, like, yeah, that movie scared the crap out of us. So we we definitely wanted to make sure that we shouted that out. Uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of films that have uh, the precipice of the word the. And we're going to go with the thing. Um, I absolutely think this should be mentioned. Uh, I believe that's, uh, Ennio Morricone, um, an Oscar winning composer himself who did this, uh, again, I, I feel bad every time we talk about the thing, it is a franchise, but we're clearly talking about the 82 version. Uh, but he did this, the score for this and it's masterful work. It's, it gives you such a, I said it in one of the episodes we did about setting, about just how it makes you feel cold. Um, And this score helps that. I just feel cold. I I feel like it sends a chill down my spine as as if I'm stuck there in isolation in the Arctic with them. Uh, And it just has a a great sense of atmosphere to it that I really appreciate. I mean, speaking speaking of atmosphere, um, one that I put on my list uh, was the, the Alien theme um or nice. alien soundtrack uh, yeah. because kind of similar to what heath was saying about atmosphere this the theme to alien makes me feel alone space yes and it's you know definitely part of the point of that because you know with the tagline no one can hear you scream in space and all that stuff um it definitely does its job by making you feel alone in such in just a void of nothingness and that's um, also jerry goldsmith isn't it yes sir <laughs> 
Wow. MVP. MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I love the alien score was on mine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I would like to mention uh the score from X and Pearl. Is there like a like a name for this franchise that we can call it? The X-verse. I don't, I don't know if they've officially <laughs> get I just call it the X trilogy. The X trilogy. In my head. Yeah. I don't know if if Ty West is officially giving given it a title yet. Right. Yeah. I mean that's that's as good a name as any. Um X and 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 Pearl very very different uh vibes in terms of score. Pearl is much more like old Hollywood, like glamorous and then it gets progressively darker as the movie goes on and X is like very dark from the beginning. And um, both scores are great at getting you into the heads of the characters, especially Pearl in both movies. Um, Chelsea Wolfe and Tyler Bates did the score for X. uh, And although Chelsea Wolfe mainly did vocals for some of the songs, both score and soundtrack. And Tyler Bates did uh, did Pearl. And both are just great encapsulations of, again, uh, the like the period nature of both of these uh, movies uh, and 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 just captures those vibes um, of the 70s and the and the the teens uh, the 19 teens uh, mm-hmm. very well um, especially like like there are certain parts of, of of the X soundtrack that's like one of them like I don't know if this would fall into score or soundtrack but it's it's a it's it's called Pearl's Lullaby and it's it's basically like almost like a minute almost a minute and a half of like a like a dark slowed down lullaby and at the end chelsea wolf just starts screaming and then it gets cut off right in the middle of her scream and that to me is like that must you know that might be what it's like inside pearl's head or you know like it it it, it, it's just so interesting how it may how you can maybe use the music to get into um to get another viewpoint of the characters. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's also one that I listen or those two, I guess are ones that I listen to pretty regularly. Nice. I, again, we're not talking soundtrack, but I feel remiss if I didn't say that that's one of my favorite uses of don't fear the reaper. Yeah. Uh, ever oh, in X. Yeah. That is just awesome. Yeah. Of which there are like 500 in horror movies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's why I said like, one of my favorites. I I, yeah. I, we could do a top 10 on just that. <laughs> top 10 uses of Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are all of the ones that I had, uh, both in my list and honorable mentions. So I'm out until we get to the our collective top 10. Does anyone else have any in their top 10 or honorable mentions still left over they want to talk about? Yeah, I have one more in my top 10, which is the Living Dead franchise, the Romero zombie movies, Uh, specifically Dawn and Day have just awesome scores, as seems to be the running theme with a lot of these 70s, 80s scores. This is a vibe. It's not that scary. It's just fun. It's bouncy. Mm -hmm. It's super synthy. A lot of like weird, crazy techno instruments that (laughs) you're just watching the movie and you're supposed to be scared, but you're just like focusing on like what exactly is going on. Uh, with this music here in the best way possible because uh, Goblin did the score for Dawn of the Dead um, bringing mm-hmm. over the the well actually you know what I think oh, I, I was about to say something I'm going to look it up in a minute once someone else starts talking but regardless this is a great score John Harrison did the score for Day of the Dead and I love them both someone else talk for, for a second because I want to look something up <laughs> Mike okay. did you have any left on your list yeah, I got two. So one that was in my honorable mention, the Poltergeist uh, yes, soundtrack. Yeah, good um, shout out. Another, another uh, 
again, just another Jerry Goldsmith one. So, you know, just keep piling, piling on for that one. But, you know, I've, I've never been a huge fan of the poltergeist movies, but at the same time, it does, doesn't change the fact that the music just sets a really great atmosphere that something's messed up about this mm. house. And, um, it just, even just the, you know, just the Carol Ann's theme as well, just, you know, definitely definitely sets a good tone and then the last one this was my number 10 and i know that this doesn't like really have much of a chance but i'm going to shout it out anyways um and this this isn't even on your franchise list foster uh it's um for silent hill um so okay yeah yeah um that definitely counts the reason the reason why like i i love the video games like the video games are some of the best and some of the scariest uh video games i've ever played um the the guy who composes for the video games is the same guy who composes for for the the, the uh, movies as well. It's Akira Yam, Yamoka, maybe. I, I'm terrible at names. I'm I'm so sorry for not properly saying that, but um, it just the the vibe that the video games gave with its music um, just gives you a sense that yeah, something's really messed up with this town, and you have to. You just continue to dig deeper and deeper. And this is one where it also plays really well with sound effects as well. When you combine, you know, creepy sound effects with just an easier, like just an uneasy score as well. Um, it, it just really hits home that just this is a very ominous town. Um, and I, like, I love the sound of pyramid heads sword dragging across the floor. It's just great. Right. And um like whenever the town changes over, because like it's a normal town during the day, but at night, you know, it's all like metallic and you know everything like that. Um, just the sound of you just like running on like a chain link fence, you know, that's kind of what it it sounds like, and it's just yeah, it's it's definitely something. Yeah, okay. I haven't rewatched the Silent Hill movies in years, and I need to. Um, but yeah, I the just to get it because i think they're making another new one here i I thought i saw that somewhere but uh regardless i do remember always liking the score and Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty good yeah Uh, did you find what you wanted uh sort of disappointing answer but basically there's different versions of dawn of the dead different cuts and i use different scores uh there's a dario argento cut of it apparently and that's the one that most heavily uses the goblin score which is really the score that i'm talking about but that's the one you can find it on spotify so that's the one i would recommend listening to anyways i got i can totally confuse myself through this little bit of research but i do have a couple other honorable mentions if that's all right with you all three more actually uh terrifier 2 has a really cool score like a surprisingly good score based on the first one which i don't remember anything about the score for that uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, has an yes. incredible score. I'm going to try and pronounce his name. Wojciech Kilar. That's my best guess. Um, it's incredible. And honestly, if there was more than just that one movie worth of score that I loved from the Dracula world, it would be on my top 10. But as it is, there's just the one movie with that great score. And then the last one, uh, the... Oh, when was it? It was like 2010-ish. The remake of The Wolfman, which is a movie that is not incredible but has a Danny Elfman <laughs> score that I absolutely love in particular. Look up the track Wolf Sweet Part 1, <laughs> which is just the most like insane, unhinged, awesome, like gothic soundtrack ever. And I actually think they used this track like in some movie trailers. Like I remember it being used in the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy trailer. 
um, which is where I discovered this track and why I watched the movie in the first place. So crazy chain of events that led me to the Wolfman, but it's incredible. Like truly, if you listen to this, it's like if we're just going by individual tracks, it would be like top five for me. And those are, oh, oh, uh, did we say Friday the 13th? I was going to save that to the very end because I, it, w- let's have the conversation now. Talk about it. Um, so I almost didn't, we, frankly, we should have talked about this in parameters because I don't know if it counts because mm. I think the score in and of itself musically is very mid, very generic and not memorable. But what is as sure as shit memorable is the ch yeah which are we counting that as score or is that a sound effect because nowadays we would consider that a sound effect and especially the way it's used in other films but for that original film and when it first started in part two and stuff like that was inherently part of its score and for those who don't know that was uh it was uh jason's mother that was an audio clip of her saying jason kill for mommy and just the the beginning of jason and the beginning of kill just repeated and like synthesized that's all that is so it's actually even it it's dialogue technically it's not even musical instruments that's making that sound um at least i'm pretty sure it's jason kill for mommy it's it's but it's a sampling of her voice um so i i again we should have talked about this at the beginning I, it completely slipped slipped my brain and it clearly slipped all of us. Do we want to count this? Would this count as score? Because again, I think technically the original films do, but like nowadays I would almost consider it a sound effect. Foster thoughts. Uh, this is score. And my reason is because Harry Manfredini, the composer is the one who created it. So, I mean, if you really go that deep, there's quite a lot of sound effects that are used in scores that we wouldn't consider typical instruments, but I don't, necessarily think that precludes it from being a part of the musical score especially since it is the composer who designed and created it in conjunction with his actual music if that makes sense sure. this this sound effect is also pretty heavily featured on the 2009 reboot score like like the actual album within the songs yeah. so i would say that that we should that that's another reason it should count for score and so i'm get totally down teeth. for that <laughs> yeah i'm i know i'm totally down for it i I, w- I actually want to count it i just didn't know what your guys' thoughts would be so yeah i i definitely think and if that's the case i would imagine that it has a good shot of of being higher up on people's lists because it's very memorable in that regard at least that that portion that sound effect that that we all know and, and love about friday the 13th the, the signature sound of that series uh, did anyone else have any other honorable mentions or top tens that we're missing out on? I'm done. I'm all the out. last one I had was just the conjuring. I don't think it stands a chance of, of really making our top 10, uh, but I did like the score of the conjuring and, and the eerie feel, feeling it gave me. I think it works and melds fairly well uh, with, you know, especially some of the dialogue that the Warrens are giving. It just, it, it makes everything seem so supernatural and unavoidable uh the it makes the terror more palpable Palpable. is that mark isham question mark i don't remember who did the score for that one off the top of my head but i task you with discovering (laughs) all right if that is the final count i don't think anyone else has any others that they wanted to bring up let's jump to it we found all the pieces of the puzzle it's time to put the picture together 
Let's find our top 10. Does anybody have any one specific one that they think absolutely we need to move forward? Unquestionable. This, this is advancing to our top 10. Based off of kind of what we were talking about, it sounds like we're all pretty much on board with Psycho, Candyman, Jaws, and Halloween. Those four should move on. Are we all kind of in agreement there? Yep. Yep. All right. Candyman, Psycho, Halloween, and Jaws moving on. What else? What else needs to definitively move on? Or at least should be in the conversation for moving on? I will nominate uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I would agree with that. Anybody else concur? I'm going to suggest Saw. I know it's just the one theme, but I mean... It is so big. It's yes. like I, I what would a theme. Say, for me, it's it's definitely there. Anybody yep. else? Me too. All right. Second. Uh, I would like to say uh, The Exorcist again. I know it's not largely original work, but I I don't care. I think that should be here. Did you say yes, Foster? Yeah, I concur. So yeah, agreed. I'll, like we never define the category as original score. It's just yeah. score. So yep, definitely. And in yep. which case, I definitely think it should be there. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna raise Hellraiser. Raise uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that, that, believe me when I say that that was not intentional. Um, <laughs> hen- hence the pause. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm throwing my Hellraiser hat into the ring. I'm good with that. Everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we feel about Child's Play? I don't know. Not if feeling feeling well enough. Ah, oh, it's, it's up to no. You Another one of these. <laughs> no, I'm, okay. I, no, I'm, I'm net neutral on this. I don't visual. I can't visualize the theme in my head well enough to have an opinion, positive or negative. Oh man, it's my number three. I had it so if high. It, if it's that high for you, I, I think it has to be. In I adore this score. Yeah. I would does put it does anyone else have thoughts on Child's Play? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Foster. <laughs> No, is it you don't have thoughts on it, or no? No, no, it no, isn't. I don't have thoughts on it. Uh, okay. If 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 Foster thinks it should be included, I am absolutely. Is it okay just just to that. be clear? Is it because you just it's like a whatever score for you, or you just don't know it well? I enough? I just don't know it well enough. I've seen okay, the first okay, one, okay. and I've seen the show, and that's all that I've seen of the Child's Play franchise. Okay, I will be sending you a Slack message later. Sounds this good, evening, sir. <laughs> Mike. What about you? Do you remember the Child's Play score? It was in my honorable mentions. I, you know, I did re-listen to it before beforehand. Yeah, I, I would be cool with putting All it right. on there. I, I mean, I, I look at what's remaining, and I think the only one that I feel strongly enough to actually try to lobby for, because if kind of in the same vein as Saw, um, just that score for the Omen, just kind mm, of yeah. really, really the, gets the me. two I would lobby for left are the Omen and Alien. Works for I me. would also lobby for the Omen in particular. All right. That's several for the Omen. Anyone else wanted to lobby for Alien with me or no? I'll I'll lobby for it as well because I threw it out there. But um, yeah, that's definitely one that I would be happy to hopefully advance to eventually getting into the top 10. But yeah. Is there any others that we want to bring into the conversation? Again, not setting our top 10 yet, but just bring into the conversation. I'm going to bring it in there uh just because i love that score so much um and it's been a favorite of mine since the movie came out since since the original came out rather it does have Um, one of my favorite somber scores like it just captures the dreariness of that town yeah uh so well 
the dreariness of dairy. <laughs> uh, anything else? All right, so we're at 12 then. If this is what we're advancing with, we need to trim two. Does anyone have a strong opinion of what needs to go? Again, we're as of right now, we've got Candyman, Psycho, Jaws, ha Halloween, Hellraiser, A Nightmare on Elm Street, It, The Exorcist, The Omen, Child's Play, Saw, and Alien. What does not make the cut? I haven't seen I haven't seen the omen, so I can't speak on that. And the child's play score, I can't really speak on either. Um, but of the ones that I have seen, I would oh, oh, never mind. I I have nothing. To say. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Speak your mind. Say Come it. On. Yeah, say it. I think I know what say it is. You coward. I was gonna say alien. Um oh. would would be Oof. the one that, that that I take out. But then again, I haven't seen Om Omen or Child's Play. So those could be the rest of the group's picks to uh, I I definitely have the omen I have the omen above alien on my personal list. And again, I have to abstain from child's play because I don't remember it as well. Uh I and alien only made my my 10, but like barely made my cut. So if that has to go alien's not I, even on my list so it's, so it's on honorable mention for me also how consistent is it throughout the franchise because oh it's i think there's a wide range of composers too you know yeah it, when, when i think of the scores i'm thinking alien 78 and alien aliens 86 i alien yeah. 3 alien resurrection and the avps are inconsequential so i'm i'm totally cool with okay scrapping alien if we need to Okay, I would I think, agree. I think that might be the move. Unfortunately, sorry, Mike. One more has to go. Again, I'm gonna repeat what I said last time. <laughs> the, the only one on this list that I don't know super well is Hellraiser. How strong is that? Is that I, really it's, strong? It's really good. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, I know a little I, bit. The main. I thing, have problems with that franchise, and I still love that score. Okay. Like, okay. We'll keep it. Um, okay, my only because I would love it if we could just put Child's Play maybe at uh, a nice tidy number ten just to make me happy. My <laughs> pitch for the one I would kick out, I do love the score. Is it? I think is the the one that stands out to me on this list, just because it's such an iconic lineup of scores here, and that's the one that's standing out to me is like it's so new, and yeah, this you know. is going to be a Rowan versus Foster because Child's Play is Ro Foster's baby and it is Rowan's baby, and this in this fight. So I think it's going to come down to which one of you hates the other one more. <laughs> I mean, I here all night. hate Rowan. <laughs> um, <laughs> my argument would be child's play has like seven or eight movies plus a TV show. And I feel like the music has been fairly consistently solid throughout with like a few awesome standouts. Whereas it is mostly just those two movies. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't even remember the score to the 90 it like at all. It, yeah. it doesn't even register. Whereas I do love the score from the 17 and 19. It the nine, the 91. I, I couldn't hum you anything. If you paid me, it's not going to happen. <laughs> even a hundred dollars. My pick for this would also be to get rid of it as much as that sucks. I will concede, especially because there may be an episode in the future when I'm going to fight for something a hell of a lot more and, and I'm going to save my clout for then. I'm going to pull this out. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you guys, you, I let you have, I let you get rid of it. So you have I let to you let you do the thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. okay. So are we thinking child's play 
10. That's fine. I mean, right. Foster so, yeah. already conceded. That's fine. That yeah, so let's, yeah. we're moving on then officially to our top 10. We have our 10. It's Candyman, Psycho, Jaws, Halloween, Hellraiser, and Night- Nightmare on Elm Street, Exorcist, Omen, Child's Play, and Saw. Now we got to play some. So are we saying that we're going to put Child's Play at 10 then? Because for Ro- Rowan and myself, it's like I've seen it, but I, I couldn't. I don't, the score yeah. just didn't resonate with me. Not necessarily in a negative way. I just, I don't remember it. And it sounds like Rowan's in the same boat. I'm Mike, where are you on child's play? I'm fine with putting it at 10. It was an honorable mention. Yeah. So, okay. and I will, I will respect Foster's noble sacrifice for this <laughs> to be, to be at number 10. Foster, are you cool with that? Uh, well, define cool, but that's where we'll <laughs> stay for now. Rowan, were you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to say I'm most familiar with the score from the show, and that doesn't, like, technically doesn't apply here, even if it is part of the franchise. Uh, but but even if it did count, I, it wouldn't be on my list anyway. So, oof. Yeah. Sorry, Foster. Right. Well, <laughs> just to be clear, if it were just the show, it wouldn't even be an honorable mention for me. It, yeah. It's, like, mostly the movies. Right, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sounds like an excuse. Okay, moving on to number nine. <laughs> <laughs> um what is an obvious week one at this point that we're like yeah this this is probably next to go if there is an obvious week one at this point see i think it could either be exorcist or saw for different reasons saw because like just because there's only one piece of like like there's only one track that is super well known and that sort of defined the entire franchise which is its own merit but then exorcist since a lot of it isn't original which i know wasn't like any sort of stipulation but i think it's worth it taking a factor exactly yeah. i think it's worth taking into consideration that all of the other ones that we have to work with are purely original yeah i'm gonna say this right now i have saw it number three uh and i know it's strictly just for hello zep but i don't care I, I as much as much as a lot of these are others are iconic and in some ways to me this is almost one of the most iconic uh, yeah. because the saw movies literally don't exist without the twist and the twists almost don't work without hello zep to the point that in the in the saw movies that are really crappy and the twist sucks it's literally hello zep doing like 98% of the work yeah. to make that scene fun like that's how good <laughs> that song is and how important it is for that franchise so i'm going to lobby to get saw high even though i fully recognize it is only one track that we are talking about but that one track is so spectacular that i can't not do that um and i would agree that if for me and i was the one one of the ones who was pushing for the exorcist i would say exorcist is next because it is mostly all classical that is being repurposed for horror but it is not inherently horror nor does it nor is it original which again doesn't technically matter but i think making our top 10 is is good enough at least in my point of view mike foster thoughts yeah i'm good with exorcist at number nine also because it's just not consistent throughout the franchise like i don't think that's the, true. i don't think dominion prequel to the exorcist uses that great theme in it as far as i can remember you know so it's really just like that first movie and it's really just the one theme from the first i don't think dominion prequel to the exorcist uses anything that i would deem as great but yeah (laughs) except for stellan skarsgård maybe he says softly in parentheses (laughs) i do i do love stellan all right it's fine (laughs) that movie's bad um uh all right uh mike are you cool with exorcist at nine as well 
Yeah, it was number six on my list. So, uh, and it even did have the question mark uh, around it. So I'm I'm fine with it being at number nine. All right, cool, cool. Moving on, anything glaringly weak for number eight? For me, this is Hellraiser. I I know that may be blasphemous, uh, and and it's almost impossible for me to not bring in my bias biases against the franchise itself for hellraiser is just not my thing i do recognize that the score is amazing but uh, i don't think it's better than what we have left right if if that makes sense yeah i'm okay with that as well i know i was the one pushing pushing for it but yeah this works yeah i think it was it was yeah it it was my number it was my number six on my list so so this is this works for me it, it was my number 10 so yeah i, cool. I can i can see equilibrium that, yeah. <laughs> it's a good spot all right uh looking at number seven what are we thinking well um, see um, I, I don't know where the omen's gonna fall is the only thing <laughs> this is actually where i would have the omen me too cool I was predicted that it. Was that the, was that the easiest one? <laughs> Mike is holding his tongue. What are you going to say, Mike? See, to me, I don't know, because if we're kind of judging things based on, you know, just one track kind of carrying the day, that's where I kind of am a toss up between the Omen and Saw in that respect. So I, I but at the end of the day, I would put the Omen over Saw in this, but I would I would probably want Saw shortly after this. When you say over, you mean or under or like okay, lower. Like, okay. So let's go. I would say the omen and then Saw probably within the next one or two. Yeah. I'd be willing to concede that. I I don't like it. <laughs> but I'd be willing to to do this that. This is about but this is about compromise. I know. I hate it. Why can't everyone just have my list? I will say, <laughs> in your defense, Heath, I also had Saw pretty high, and I had it above a number of these ones we still have remaining. But are we okay with the Omen at number yeah. seven? Let's yeah. resolve Omen. Yeah. I'm, I, I think Omen at seven. Did, was everyone kind of on board with that? Yep. Sounds yeah. good. Yes. All right. So, so if, if we have Omen at seven, that leaves us Nightmare, Saw, Halloween, Jaws, Psycho, Candyman. So, Mike, you're saying Saw would be your next pick, right? It it would be... I would probably say my next pick might be a Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare is interesting. Interesting. Yeah, great. That's what I was going to suggest. Because if you compare it to the rest of them, don't get me wrong, a Nightmare on Elm Street has a great, great score. Um, But just not as anywhere... Not anywhere near iconic as yeah we're, we are now getting ones. to the iconic scores and right i don't think it's there yeah for me i have nightmare next yeah okay so let's put that at six are you okay with that rowan mm-hmm. definitely right. okay five. and then num- five saw how do we feel about that are yeah. there any that people would i can't I, there's none that i would put so below there, saw. there there would be one that i would put probably what is it? okay you seem so hesitant candy man candy man potentially and i would agree i actually have candy man below saw by one as well wow it it breaks my heart to do that but in terms so i like the candy man theme a lot better than anything in saw but kind of similar to i'm kind of have to eat my own words at this point that 
the Candyman, the that one that one theme from Candyman, um, I don't think is anywhere near as iconic as as Hello's up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was gonna get to as well. That's why I have Saw Higher. I would even go so far as to say, Mike, not only do I do I kind of like Candyman and its composition, I I think it is and, and it's really hard to do this because art is subjective, but I would say a about as objectively as subjective art can be, I think Candyman is better composed music. I, I, I think there's more craft that goes into that music than what goes into Hello's Out. But I go back to Saw almost doesn't even work without Hello's Out. That is how big that track and therefore the score has gotten to that franchise. And it is again, kind of transcended to the point that it will be on Spotify playlists. And if you played that, there will be people that recognize, oh, that's the movie. You know, if I played the, the music box from Candyman, very few people are going to get that. Mm-hmm. And that's the most famous track from that from that soundtrack. Yeah. Um. So I would personally have Saw above this. So I, for me, we're at looking at five now. I would put Candyman five and Saw four is what okay. I would say. I am going to make my case, and if I get outvoted, that's cool. But I would put uh, Saw at five, Candyman at four. I think. Um, I think Candyman. Uh, I, this is what I would say. Would you rather listen to the entire Candyman Philip Glass album or the entire Saw album? I would, I would say Candyman. Candyman. Yeah. Candyman. Yeah. Ten out of ten, the whole way through. I have listened to that album cover to cover. It is a masterpiece. I don't really care how popular or iconic it is. I care like, what do I want to hear when I'm watching the movie? What's making the experience? And when I even just watching the first Saw movie, it is the last track. It is like that is the moment when the score becomes like known to me, you know, in in that Mm -hmm. way, even if there's other good moments of score throughout it. Whereas Candyman is like the opening scene of just a highway where you're seeing this overhead shot of a car is made magnificent just by Philip Glass's score. It's like, and also even the second Candyman movie, which is not amazing, just shamelessly reuses those you. scores and they work <laughs> so well. I, I like it well enough, but it but it yeah. uses it uses the same scores over again. And it just carries the carries me through that movie because it's so incredible. I don't know. I, and I do I, I do really love this, the the suite from the the remake uh, as well, the 2021. I, I do love yes. that score too. Damn. Uh, yeah, and I would say I would we're killing strongly... our darlings, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna also just uh, people have said a couple times that it's just like the Helen's theme, the music box theme that plays in a few variations. It's not just that theme. No, the it's Cabrini not. Green right. theme is just as iconic to me personally with the big chorus, the, the typical Philip Glass thing. I, it's I incredible. love that choir. It is yeah. awesome. All right, I I I am willing to have you. You've you've convinced me. I'm willing to have Candyman higher than Saw. Rowan, Mike, what are your thoughts? Candyman was my number four. So, and it was, you know, I Foster, I hear what you're saying, like what you said earlier, where like Candyman kind of has this reputation for being like kind of just like a generic slasher movie and everything like that. I don't, I don't see it that way because it's so there's a lot, there's a lot there that like, and I'm not saying you personally are saying that. I'm, you know, this is just kind of the perception uh, that it has, and I think that's from people who just don't really kind of understand what it's trying to say about things like gentrification uh, and, you know, just kind of race and everything like that. So like, 
I, I'm, I think I'm going to kind of, I, yes, I'm flipping my vote to, you know, having saw at five and then Candyman at four also because the, um, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit more points for the artistry as well. Rowan, are you on board with Candyman yep, at four? Candyman saw was five? my five, saw was my eight. So yes, nice. in short. Foster's I am now. It off. I'm now become Henry Fonda in Twelve Angry Men. <laughs> one step closer to my transformation. Oof. All right. Now we are at the big three, the ones that I think we could all agree. These are the ones that have truly transcended the movie they're in, the franchise they're in. Like these are known in the pop culture zeitgeist. We are down to Jaws, Psycho, and Halloween. What I would, I think we could all agree, are probably the three most iconic scores of any horror franchise. Uh, so I think it's fitting that these are our last three. Does anyone dare to speak first on which ones go down first? Um, I think, I think I want to put jaws at three. I actually had jaws ranked the lowest as well. Cause other than that iconic Dana Dana, I'm having a really, really hard time remembering a lot of the other stuff. So, yeah, I like this. This doesn't say that like the rest of the Jaws score isn't great or anything like that, but I don't think anything to me was as memorable as. I think the that. actual shark attack is very memorable to me, at least, but it doesn't seem like it resonated with you. But I do, I do think there are other tracks that could stick in your in your head. Um, but but even still, even saying that, I I had Jaws the lowest of the remaining three, so I would still put Jaws three. Um, Rowan Foster, thoughts? I would agree with that. Um, just because I I can recall a decent amount of the Jaws score, especially like the whole track that is the the theme, not just the motif. Um, mm -hmm. but I also do think the, uh, the psycho score and the Halloween score are just simply better and therefore they should go above it. And Jaws yeah. was also pretty, I think was Jaws even on my, yeah, Jaws, Jaws was my number nine. So it's, it's pretty Jaws low. was my five. I actually had Candyman and Saw above Jaws. Right. Yeah. Foster. I'm, I'm good with it. I had psycho ranked uh at number six and i had jaws ranked at number four although to be honest like as we're talking right now they're kind of interchangeable for me as far as the ranking gotcha. goes so then we're down to psycho and halloween I'll, I'll be the first to blatantly say it. i think it's halloween and i don't even think it's fucking close yep i <laughs> agree i the halloween <laughs> score is so both ingrained into my mind and and pop culture and like of course psychos is too but with psycho yep. it's so much less then Halloween, yeah. Halloween, it is the whole song and it is like the score. Also, Halloween across know, multiple, multiple movies, too. Exactly. I know Psycho, yeah, yeah. So I know Psycho 2 has the great Jerry Goldsmith score. I haven't seen three and four, but Halloween is pretty consistently amazing, even when it's just shamelessly reusing the John Carpenter theme. And the new um, trilogy just has a fantastic spin on the old music and a lot of gr great new original stuff, too. So that is that is my supporting argument. Yeah, I, I think Halloween is it's it's just next level. It really is. It's I 
I know that we always say like John Carpenter is one of our masters, but I sometimes wonder if we still don't give John Carpenter enough credit <laughs> that he's just able to do everything that he was able to do. And he could direct and he could write and he could compose and he would still turn out like a movie every year. Like there's yeah. a 10 year stretch there where he's just like, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep doing this. And uh, it's, it's incredible everything that he was able to accomplish with, with this one clearly being uh one of his greatest achievements that is unmatched in many ways. I do absolutely agree that this is the best one. And I like, yeah, I, when I made my list and, you know, obviously you have to go one, two, three, but for me, it was like one, several, several miles below two and then three and so on and so forth. Like it's just Halloween was clearly the best and I didn't even consider anything else. Cosine. Yeah. I I would agree with all of that. Just, you know, Six Flags isn't going to play just any random like horror score or anything like that. That's They're right. Six Flags something. knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, I, you know, I take all of my advice from everything that you know Six Flags says. Yeah. You know, DC Six Flags, has, do we all? We'll take you as a sponsor any day. Um, but um, <laughs> I think you know, just like the longevity of this. Like, I get it. Psycho came out like way before Halloween, but like forty-five years later, and the Halloween theme is still still kicking strong still you know come like movies as recent as last year so still Mike, resonates psycho came out eight years before halloween isn't that it's, crazy it's so weird because it feels like they're in, but i that's a lot to do with the 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 time period totally uh, like psycho is psycho was meant as a period piece it wasn't contemporary and a lot of the you know things that Hitchcock was doing and because he was forced to shoot it in black and white because of the blood uh you know it just but yeah it, it's it is weird when you think about it that it was only eight years difference that's yeah saying, wait, sorry are you saying psycho on Halloween is eight years difference yeah that's, right 1916 
And then number two, we forgot to do some special shout outs. I was just going to oh. say. And I think we should, uh, before we go, give some special shout outs to yeah, some horror scores that we that. love. I don't yeah, care. We're, we're not missing it. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Horror scores we love, but that were ineligible for this list, either because they are not a franchise or they are not a movie, but ones we love nonetheless. I'm gonna go last because I am a horror or I'm a horror movie nut and I'm a movie score nut and I have a bunch, but I'm hoping most of you wipe all of them out before I even get to them. I, so maybe... I will go first then. I, I think I only have two um that I really wanted to mention. One, uh the shining, which is based largely off the Gregorian monk chants uh is tremendous i think that's awesome uh if we had a third movie that would have easily made my top 10 above several of the things and i know that i've just absolutely proclaimed and shouted from the mountains that halloween is my number one with a bullet but there actually would be a different number one if it was available <laughs> and that is goblin score for suspiria yeah i think yeah, is maybe. literally like maybe the greatest musical score of any film ever. That's how much I personally love it. I know that may be blasphemous because there's a lot of great stuff out there, but like my personal music score playlist on Spotify, that's literally the opening track. I, I love it. I think it's literal perfection. Uh, I, the, that score is uh, it's everything I've ever wanted from a musical score ever. Suspiria. Perfect. Goblin. I love you. Rowan go. Uh, I am going to shout out uh, Ready or Not. Uh, that score is by Brian Tyler. Um, just nice. some fantastic atmospheric vibes. Uh, Midsummer. Uh, I do not. I don't know if I can pronounce this guy's last name, but but I'm going to try. Uh, Bobby Krillick. I probably butchered that. Uh, the Empty. Uh, the Empty Man is a movie that no one has seen, um, but the score from that is just absolutely stunning. Especially a track called "In a Prison Built Out of Lies," uh, which I listen to pretty regularly. Uh, Michael Abels is uh, Jordan Peele's go-to guy. Uh, his scores for us, Nope and Get Out, are just chef's kiss. Uh, John Carpenter's score for the new Firestarter. Haven't seen the movie, but the ending theme, I think, is pretty darn good. Um, the movie's the not. Yeah, yeah, I, I I have no desire to ever watch it. Um, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score for Bones and All. I know this is like, is like, is it horror? But, you know uh i I'm, I'm gonna yeah sure. yeah yeah horror adjacent um so their score for that is uh is is pretty beautiful and uh this is definitely recency bias but bear mccreary's score for the last voyage of the demeter uh i think is very very good and gels with the you guessed it the period uh vibes um that i that i love in so many of my picks today so those are my special shout outs so the shining and suspiria were my two top ones that it really bums me out that couldn't have thrown those on but you know rules are rules so <laughs> it's all good um i'll give a shout out to um john carpenter's uh prince of darkness just nice i do do like that one a lot yes um, yeah. yes so, um, <laughs> i was muted i had to unmute myself to to champion this Foster's i'm so happy you mentioned it the camera. so good <laughs> yes uh very much an underrated one i do i do love that one a lot um i'll give shout outs to um the score from men i know men is mm. like a bit of a controversial choice because you know i did love the score uh, of that one i'm yes. sure it's i'm sure it's very divisive you know say what you will about that last like 15 minutes of that i found that last 15 minutes very effective so um but yeah the that's a combination of like score and sound in that in in general um so 
men. Um, I also had um, World War Z, the Babadook, and then um, a shout out to the oh, old, I do um, love the World War Z score. That's a good call. Yeah. Uh, and then um, also um, American Horror Story. Um, they're old. A lot of their music is is decent. I especially love the theme song or the theme music as well. It's just it's creepy. chilling. Yeah, yeah, it's very creepy. Um, you know, not so much in later seasons because later seasons have been terrible. But um, yeah, American Horror Story. You know, subtle TV plug, I guess. So all right, I, Foster. I will pass pass the t- baton over to Foster and yeah. let him go. Hit us with the list. Yeah, I debated even making a list of special shout outs because there's too many. But here we go. 28 Days Later has an incredible theme. Did yeah. anybody mention this one already? 20 okay. Days Later? No, but it is awesome. I agree. Because yeah. that in the house in a heartbeat theme is like one of my, I it's yeah. <laughs> for a while it was my alarm to wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a Park Chan-wook movie called Thirst, which is a vampire movie, which has an absolutely incredible score, as do a lot of his movies. Um uh, oh, and you mentioned Suspiria, Heath. I'm going to just keep saying this anytime Suspiria comes up, but Dario Argento has other movies, and there are other great Goblin and Ennio Morricone scores for his movies. I'm going to specifically shout out Deep Red as my probably my favorite of the Goblin scores, but also nice. Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Tenebrae, Opera, and Phenomena have great scores. Um, uh, you mentioned Prince of Darkness, Mike. I'm also going to shout out In the Mouth of Madness, which has this awesome 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 opening credits metallica type song that was written by john carpenter i love it um uh the early Shyamalan stuff has great james newton howard scores the sixth sense signs in particular are his two like horror ish movies um the cronenberg movies have some good scores especially because it's howard shore um who did a lot of those i'm gonna specifically shout out crimes of the future has a really cool vibey score and uh my the original or the remake crimes of the future the one that just came out the re- the remake yep cool yeah um i don't even know i don't even know anything about that original one to be honest with you um and my top two uh scores that are from a horror movie uh if i were ranking my special shout outs which that's how many i have would be <laughs> in no particular order it follows and under the skin it follows nice. has just the most incredibly vibey theme on the planet i love it so much and under the skin is one of the most genuinely scary scores it's one of those ones where you listen to it too late at night and you're going to genuinely be unsettled like not in a jokey way it's michael levi who's like one of the most brilliant underrated composers ever she's absolutely incredible and this is one of the best scores ever written period horror or otherwise under the skin it's so creepy it's not necessarily like melodic and fun but it's absolutely brilliant so i had to shout that out and those are my special shout outs hell yeah Okay, now we made it. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, Mike, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week. We, we just had a great time and we really appreciate you taking taking some time uh, to be a part of this. And we look forward to having you on again at some point in the future. I'd love to be back on again. You know, just let me know. You uh, you have my sword, per se. So. <laughs> and my axe. My axe. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, yeah, so thank you listeners as well for taking the time out of your day to listen to us ramble about movies and stuff. We really do appreciate it and it means the world to us. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, do the followy things if you want. Uh, we'd appreciate that as well. Until then, though, we'll see you next time uh, when we broach a new subject about horror movies and things. Okay, bye. 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 bye.